Hi, I'm Katie Humphrey and welcome to the Behind the Business podcast. Hi and welcome to this episode of the Behind the Business podcast with me, Katie Humphrey. And today I have a wonderful guest with me. I have Rebecca, the founder of Block and Rose. And Rebecca is a brand and storytelling strategist. Welcome, Rebecca. Thank you for joining me. Thank you very much for having me. Of course. I'm really excited to have our conversation today. I think it's going to be really, really interesting. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Um, And then we will, yeah, go from there. Wonderful. Thank you. So, yes, I'm Rebecca. Um, And so brand and storytelling strategist um, and what that essentially means is I help who I like to describe as wildly feminine but really fiercely determined coaches consultants strategists find the clarity and conviction they need to build wildly fulfilling brands that feel good feel right and do good their way and I do this through really leaning into feminine strategies that are rooted in universal truths and aligned with their beliefs but also through the power of story I have a real belief that as business owners we have a responsibility not just to use stories to grow our businesses but also to think about how the stories we tell and the stories we put out there impact the wider cultural narrative so teaching and educating and building awareness around that is something that I do a lot of work with with my clients and love to talk about Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. That's I think that's really, really interesting. And um, one of the things, obviously, we're going to talk about your kind of journey with personal development today. And one of the things we're going to touch on is the feminine approach to business, which I find actually really, really fascinating. So I'm, I'm excited to learn more. <laughs> um, so do you want to start then by, I suppose, starting at the beginning and, and talking to us about your journey with personal development and where that started? Yeah, of course. So I think like many women, um, especially women women of my age, I did everything right. I got good grades at school. I went to uni. I got a job um, in the subject of my dis- of my uh, of my degree, and spent ten years um, rising through the ranks and doing well. Um, and at the age of 32, and I, and I worked in different companies, I worked client side for amazing small soft drinks brands, I worked client side for bigger, more corporate hair, hair and beauty brands, um, and moved agency side when I was about 30, I think, and at, somehow at the age of 32, I found myself as managing director of the UK arm of a um, European word of mouth marketing agency. Um, by accident and I say by accident because it was never an ambition I would never have considered myself a businesswoman or like a corporate kind of hustler or someone who had kind of ambitions I guess to fulfill a role like that it was a a case of me joining the company and bringing something that wasn't there before and when I joined I was a country manager and it was sort of my job to build ourselves within one key client it was Procter and Gamble and really established ourselves within that one key client and I did that and then the next step was to sort of almost launch ourselves as an agency in our own right there and broaden our client base and start to work with bigger clients and so I pitched to our head office and we went ahead with it and we brought in more people and we grew and with varying degrees of success um 
sort of unexpected, sort of expectedly, kind of unexpectedly, and in October in um, 2017, I was flown to Munich, uh, no, Hamburg, which is where our head office was, to be told that I was being made redundant, um, that my entire team, that I was going to have to make my entire team redundant, um, going to have to break up with my clients and dismantle the business. Um, and fuse what remained of it into the German offices so that was quite a lot that was on I think the Wednesday the day before that we'd exchanged on our new house on the Friday we got the keys on the Saturday we moved in and on a Sunday I found out that I was pregnant with my daughter who was our first so in that kind of like five-day period everything changed and it went from having a really stable very well-paid job um to and being not single but like young and kind of carefree and to mortgage and having a baby and not having a job <laughs> and being in a new area and it was a pretty massive head fuck um but <laughs> I just didn't really pay attention to it I don't think at the time I got my head down focused on focused on getting through the day without vomiting which was pretty tough at that time focused on doing everything that I needed to do to wind down the business and fight for decent redundancy packages for my team and fight for opportunities in the Munich office which a couple of them one of them wanted and break up with the clients while still hoping to sort of maintain my reputation and the company's reputation um and do all of this in a way that was professional and empathic and compassionate um and I ended up doing some freelancing work because actually loads of our clients were doing so well that they kind of didn't want to end them <laughs> I ended up doing a bit of freelancing to sort of keep that going and time I guess about three months went on while this was going and I hadn't really thought about what I was going to do next um and I was quite fortunate in that my redundancy package was decent far better off having been redundant than I would have been on statutory maternity pay so I just decided not to go back to work because part of me felt the guilt of trying to get a new job and then immediately leaving to have a baby um but also I just didn't know what I wanted to do I'd always known that that would be my last proper job um but I had expected it to be about five years further down the line so I had time to figure out what I wanted it to be um and I'd always loved millinery and making hats it was something that I taught myself. I'd done lots of courses. I was always making hats for other people. I've got all the gear, so much gear. Like the amount of stuff you need to make hats is insane. Um, so threw myself into that and decided that I was going to launch a millinery brand. Um, interned and built the strategy, <laughs> made lots of hats and um, hated it. <laughs> Absolutely hated it. I really lost my my mojo I lost my creativity I really think I lost sense of myself and at the time I put it down to being pregnant and just sort of everything that was going on and everything being a bit of a new bit new and uncertain but really it's because I just hadn't allowed myself to process anything um and there was there was some additional complexities kind of the deal when we moved to where we are which was a long way away from my husband's office, was that he would quit his job and build a studio in the garden and start his own thing. And actually what ended up happening was the opposite. 
he couldn't do that because we had a child on the way and I had no job and we just so he had to keep his keep commuting to a pretty tough job that was on the opposite side of London while I kind of then had the freedom to do all the things that he was going to do so there was the guilt again there was a guilt around that and like pressure around that to sort of do something and figure it out um but eventually I kind of realized I'm a strategist so it eventually got to the point where I was like okay we can think this one through like let's work this out what's going on and what I realized is that I hated the lack of autonomy that I had when I was interning and hated being given tasks that were a small part of something bigger, but not something that I was part of. And it was made me realise really quickly that if I was going to launch a minimum brand, I would either have to start at the bottom and work my way up, which I didn't want to do. Or go back to uni because the caliber of the brand that I would wanted have wanted to have launched would have required that the industry is quite clicky I didn't have the skills um but what I realized is that while I didn't necessarily miss being the boss I missed having value I missed being able to make a difference to people I missed being able to have the conversations and impart wisdom or insight or knowledge or expertise that helped people solve problems and that helped them figure something out um, and then I had my baby um, and probably for the next year spent my time going, oh, fuck, how's this going to work? And but, like through I think, weeks and months of just figuring out, I realised and made a list of all the things that I loved about every job I'd ever had, all the things that I was really good at, all the things I hated. And I also reached out and spoke to previous colleagues and old mentors called bosses to get feedback from them on where they thought my skills were and slowly pieced together the makings of what is now blocking rose I've, I basically cherry-picked the part of my career that I loved and packaged it up into an offering and luckily it was an offering that kind of that people needed <laughs> and basically where it all kind of came from I guess is that one day I doodled I was doodle, I doodle I'm a doodler I, I was doodling and I written something that I hadn't paid attention to writing and I wrote the art of figuring shit out and I was like oh my god that's what I do like this is what I do I need a me I need someone who can help me figure this shit out and then it, everything clicked that I would then be that person for other people and so that's the kind of crux of it and what I realized I was then good at was the brand strategy piece and the storytelling that's where my kind of experience came into it but the crux of what it is that I do is helping people unmuddle all of this stuff um, so that's the kind of the story to how I launched Block and Rose. I guess the self-development point of view came really in lockdown when, as so many people, it was hard, struggles. My business actually did okay because a lot of people use that time to reflect on where they were. So like many people, my business didn't collapse overnight. Um, but it was hard, of course. We had no childcare, like many other people. We had the pressures, the stresses, everything. Um, and I really began to recognise that I was slipping away and almost my boundaries had disintegrated. And I almost kind of didn't recognise who I had become. And so I reached out to work with a wonderful woman called Claire Rosser, Claire Diane. Um, 
to really kind of connect back to me because what I realized that I needed from a self-development point of view was just to go inwards and really connect back to what I'd wanted and we did some wonderful work together and she taught me so much about about myself and about your body and the nervous system and how we store everything um and from there a lot of my self-development has been reflections that have just come from nowhere or not nowhere because you do the work don't you and you journal and you meditate and you do what you need to do to kind of connect back in but one of the biggest realizations for me that really only came I think in the last sort of four months or so was that I hadn't allowed myself to grieve for everything that was lost and grieve can sound quite dramatic but everything changed and I just threw myself into making it better making it better for me, making it better for my husband, preparing for this sort of new arrival and completely didn't allow like myself to be impacted by it. And I hadn't realised how this showed up in so many different ways. I worked with a business strategist before Christmas who pointed out that my story, bearing in mind I'm a storytelling strategist, this is what I do, told me that my story ended when my business began And it's because I hadn't allowed myself to process anything that was going on in my head. Since then, I just focused on getting it done. Um, And so for me, that revelation was like, oh, my God, it makes so much sense now. Like all the sort of limiting beliefs that I'd held or the imposter syndrome or the kind of the fear of putting myself out there, especially in the realms where my past colleagues are, like LinkedIn, places like that, the fear of kind of being vulnerable or being exposed or being seen there was huge. And it's because I hadn't really processed everything that happened since then. So I wasn't owning it. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I, I completely resonate with that. And I think it's such a huge thing that a lot of, women that I've spoken to do where they experience a big change or a big trauma or you know like having all of those things happen to you in such a short space of time where we do just put our heads down and march forwards you know it's it's like the resilience kicks in but it's the resilience of the situation not our resilience almost yes. you know so we we put our head down we march forwards we get shit done we sort it out you know because we can't change things like you know you find out you're pregnant you get made redundant you just figure it out don't you but actually you do need time to grieve and it's definitely something that I've experienced as well and it almost feels and this is just from me and my perspective and I've got a bit of a critical me in my head um which I have to fight with a lot (laughs) is that we all do don't we (laughs) definitely definitely but I always kind of feel like it is grieving but grieving feels like such a big word it's like well you can't grieve losing a job you know grieving is for death or for you know really huge things but actually these changes in our life are big they are huge and Mm -hmm having those kind you know like I said having all of that happen to you in such a short period of time you doubt you need to process these things don't you and and like you said they do show up in in ways that you don't even realize a bit further down the line and it's it's funny when we were talking about kind of feminine and masculine energy before we pressed record I can almost feel the difference in 
how you were with um you know being made redundant and finding out you're pregnant and getting your head down and it's that get your head down get shit done that feels very masculine and then actually when we st you stop and look back and think hold on a minute I'm so disconnected from myself how do I get back to that and how do I then move forwards in a way that is completely aligned with me Mm -hmm. that feels very feminine and I don't know an awful lot about feminine and masculine energy it's something I'm interested in but I haven't kind of explored it um so please tell me if I'm completely barking up the wrong tree with that's it but it's but that's it that's kind of how it feels for me when you're explaining that of the kind of the masculine versus the feminine energy yeah. that you work from I think yeah and I think that's that's absolutely it and it's interesting when people from the outside reflect on things that you've said and can spot something almost immediately whereas it takes it took me it's taken me years to recognize and like own that development and that stepping away from the shoulds and the what you're taught to do and the conditioning of how you run a business and how you show up for work and what you have to do and the hustle and the the professional and the everything that kind of comes with what we're taught is is work is professional is employment to really leaning into what feels good to you and really honoring really honoring that and it's it's something that I've always done with my clients right from the beginning I've always had a very feminine approach to developing their brand strategy it's always been very intuitive it's been really deep explorative addressing and kind of exploring limiting beliefs that they might have and I'm not a coach I don't promise to or say that I can help overcome them but just kind of highlighting some things that might be causing blocks and it's always been about that and it's always been well, how does this feel not how is it going to work how does it feel and it's only again really recently that I have married up what's what I've always done sort of behind closed doors with my clients to how I then position my brand and what my voice around this is going to be going forward and actually it's kind of caught me by surprise a little bit because I talk about it so much behind the scenes but it hadn't been talking about it outwardly what like intentionally talking with it out outwardly and suddenly I'm kind of thinking well actually this is part of your develop this is part of my development almost like having the sort of the confidence and the sense of feeling comfortable enough in my own journey to be able to own it and build hang my business on it what do you think it was that was holding you back from being able to do that um I think For me, it's always come down to a sense of feeling like everything happened by accident, <laughs> not that I'd sort of earned anything or been intentional with anything. I think I did quite well at school, but I didn't necessarily work as hard as I could have done, if you know what I mean. And uni, I did work really hard. That's the one area where I did actually work really hard. I was determined to get a first in my dissertation. But again, it's because I was exploring, I was leaning into things, I was researching, I was getting deep and then work, 
yeah, I guess I, I don't know. I did work hard. I did earn my promotions. I did earn the promotion to becoming an MD. Um, but it's still somehow, it's that thing, isn't it? I think once I was out in the wild on my own and not sort of safe behind the closed doors of a, a corporate name, it felt very exposing. And it's almost like, right, this is the moment. This is when everyone's going to find out that actually I don't know what I'm doing and I shouldn't be here. And um, I think, I guess I probably built up almost a persona of myself in that world because it didn't feel natural, because it didn't really ever feel like it aligned. I had to put on a play. I had to sort of be the person that I was supposed to be to sort of fit into that world. And so this is very much who I am now. I am very feminine. I'm very intuitive, fiercely determined, fiercely ambitious, and all of the things that come with that. But the language I use, the way I approach things is, far more feminine now and almost I feel like I can't show up in that previous world because it's going to be like well she's a completely different person now what's gone on and I still I still struggle with that I still struggle with how I can kind of show up as myself now in that world where it was very much a facade but I felt I needed to put on to fit in and to be taken seriously I think that's really interesting that you know like you said you still struggle with it and and kind of showing up in that world as you rather than as you kind of with a mask on mm. um and i i completely get that and i think that's from my perspective one of the most difficult things about personal development is that you can change so much um i don't actually i don't know if change is the right word because we are who we are but you can become you know so much more you and you can really start you know leaning in and listening and and growing and developing yourself and you kind of do end up being a different person to the person that you were when you you had all the conditioning and mm. doing all the shoulds and and acting a certain way to fit into a certain um hole I suppose mm. that it's it is then quite difficult because like you said when you then go back into that world and all these people who knew you for you know such a long time in in a lot of cases and you come back and you're like, hi, I'm completely different, but I'm, I'm still me. Like, it's almost like, how do you slot back into that, isn't it? Um, and suppose. actually, what, and I, I think you're absolutely right, but what I am almost trying to realise, teach myself, is that it doesn't matter. Like, you don't need to slot back in. And I think for ages, what I've thought that I needed to do was sort of ease back in almost like, the back door so that no one really noticed and then I was just there again but actually that's ridiculous because why should you need to do that of course you don't if if so what I teach my clients and what I work with my clients on is like so much of the work we do starts with their beliefs before we get into branding before we get into their business what do you fundamentally believe to be true because that is what we build your business on and it's how we align who you are and what you want this world to be and actually starting from that place it doesn't matter if that doesn't align with who you were in a past world or a past life because you're not there anymore like you say you're not that person anymore and actually it shouldn't matter to me what someone who worked at a corporate firm that I consulted at or was a client of mine 10 years ago thinks of a post I put up about feminine leadership because they're not my client they're not my friends they don't, not they don't matter, everyone matters, but their opinion doesn't matter. 
doesn't impact the work that means anything to me now. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's, it's well, I mean, we're, we're all works in progress, aren't we? We can teach what we teach to other people, but actually then <laughs> trying to then do the same thing can sometimes be hard. You need someone else, I guess, to help coach you through that, don't you, to help you to help you work through those things yourself definitely and I think it's it's really important as well to note that even if you teach somebody that that doesn't mean that you don't struggle with it yourself yeah you know I'm a personal development coach I'm huge on personal development and and you know removing limiting beliefs and blocks and things like that but that doesn't mean that I don't struggle I mean I struggle every day with visibility um even with with like this podcast for example I actually absolutely love my podcast I love doing my podcast but it's almost like I don't like to promote it because then people (laughs) will listen and then if people will listen what will they think um my uh I'm doing a podcast episode with my husband's boss soon um which I'm really it's a huge thing I'm really excited about it and he, he works for a huge American company and they were like oh you know we'll share it in all of our channels and we'll share it with our partners and I was like oh no <laughs> you know it's like, oh, like please please don't do that because then people will listen so um but that's I think that's one of the reasons that I do this podcast is that I can talk to real people and help to kind of share these almost like little golden nuggets with people that we don't have to be perfect you know just because we teach something doesn't mean that we have to embody it every second of every day yeah um you know we're yeah. all human we're all fucked up to some degree yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree and I mean so many of my the majority of my clients are coaches consultants strategists who to a degree do what I do for other people whether it is helping align values or you know like unearth and root your beliefs in your business or build a strategy that's going to help you get more visible or help you convey your message and connect with your audience there are so many people that do what I do and a lot of them are my clients and one of the key messages that I always say is like figuring this out on your own is hard like we're not just because you are able to do it for your clients and you know the theory or the formulas or anything that kind of feeds into it doesn't mean that you can do it for yourself like I'm a brand strategist and I work with a brand strategist to help me figure my own shit out and make sense of it and get to that place of clarity and conviction because we're too close to our own heads and we're too judgmental of our of ourselves so we're never going to be able to kind of identify or articulate the gems because we're too busy dismissing them (laughs) a lot of the time yeah I I completely agree um and we do, you know, like you said, we do dismiss the gems and there's things that I've talked about with people and I've said, oh, I've done this, this and this. And they're like, oh my God, like, that's amazing. I was like, oh no, no, like just, it was just something I did on the side. Or, you know, you just, you minimize it, don't you, when it's yourself. So it it is important to kind of have those people to help you bring those things out in yourself, even if it's what you teach. <laughs> because these are the stories that people need to hear especially the stories that women need to hear we need to have role models we need to see examples of women and people just like us who are doing amazing things and these stories don't need to be 
great big adventures or overcoming huge amounts of adversities. It could just be anecdotes and examples of times when something's happened that made something else happen or made you realise something or made you look at something a different way. And again, this is a huge part of the work that I do with clients. Like almost all of my clients come to me and believe like, well, I don't have a story to tell. Definitely don't have lots of stories to tell. And I'm like, you fucking do. You've got hundreds. <laughs> And when we start to map out, and it's a workshop that I do quite a lot, mapping out all the different areas that you could tell a story about. And these are just the generic ones that apply to everyone, let alone when you scratch under the skirt, under the surface, and really think about the moments that have impacted you or have had a lasting change on your life. Like those are the moments that you need to share because those are the stories that will inspire other people. And we are wired. To respond to stories storytelling for me is probably the greatest tool of our evolution as a species it's what has enabled us to evolve and to learn and to grow and to pass information on and it's it's I'm a proper geek when it comes to, <laughs> to storytelling a proper geek but there's only really seven story plots in the entire world like almost every story that you read will follow one of these plots and they're all kind of governed by a meta plot, which is basically, you doesn't really matter. Anyway, you've got these kind of seven plots and they show up in all corners of the world, in all civilizations, through all of time, to the point where there is literally no way that the authors of these stories, orators of these stories, could have met or interconnected or woven so the theory a theory is that actually in the same way that our physical bodies reflect who we are externally as sort of human beings our psych like almost like the, the human psych internally is the same in everyone as well and these stories are reflections of that which is why we innately recognize them because actually every single story is a is a, is a human story it's a story of overcoming adversity it's a story of good versus evil it's a story of going on a journey and building learning a great lesson and the hero is almost is always the best of humanity and the villain is always the worst of humanity and so every story is a lesson in how we could or should be and so many people I think are intimidated by the concept of a story because they're like well that's massive I don't have one of those but you do, because we live this every single day. And these are the, and it's so important that we tell these stories. And, and this is where I think storytelling has got lost from a business point of view, because there's so much hype and so much buzz around storytelling as a tool for business growth. And yeah, absolutely, it's brilliant for all the reasons I just said. It literally taps into the human psyche. But there's a huge responsibility that comes with that, because we look to you know we look to business owners we look to leaders we look to brands for meaning in a world that is losing its meaning day to day like these cultural narratives have always governed the way we've done things and they've always kind of determined how we live our lives and in the last hundred years or so a lot of the cultural narratives rightly so have been dismantled and broken down if you think about race if you think about gender and it's it's the right thing it needs to happen but it's left a void because we move as an industry, as a, as a society and a, a people so quickly that we haven't replaced them. And so there's a void where people are looking for meaning left, right and centre. And 
as business owners and brands and owners of brands, people will look to us and our stories will impact that and will contribute to that. So we have such a responsibility, not just to think about how we use storytelling as a tool for business growth, but also how it contributes to the wider cultural narrative in the world that we that we want to see. Um, and for me, this is where the feminine element of it comes in, because it's about that nurturing piece. It's about compassion. It's about thinking about everyone as a whole and how we can lead from a place of warmth and kindness and empathy towards a greater goal rather than just being focused on very single-mindedly focused on the doing element of building our businesses and building our profit and appeasing shareholders and and everything else that we that traditionally has been part of what running a business has been about I feel like I have so many questions I, that. I mean that is just I told you I was a geek no it's <laughs> absolutely fascinating absolutely fascinating it really is I think the first thing I was thinking uh, is I wonder if the you know the inability or the the resistance for us to tell a story about ourselves or think that we have a story about ourselves is linked to this minimizing you know that we minimize things so when you live something yourself you just get on with it you just do mm-hmm. it you know things might be hard and things might be good but you just kind of get on with it don't you so you you don't see the power in the way you handle a situation or the way that you um, are as a wife or as a business owner or as a parent I suppose you because you just do it because it's mm-hmm. you you just you know you just get on with it so mm-hmm. I can kind of really feel that because that's something that when you said like, oh, you know, so many people say they haven't got a story and everybody does. I was like, well, I don't have a story. <laughs> but I mean, obviously we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then but yeah, the, the, the second thing I was just thinking was um, the importance of how you approach your business and the responsibility we have about the messages that we put out there. And it, I just find that, kind of mind expanding <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I'm very visual and that I feel like my brain just kind of opened up and was like oh we think a lot of things about this <laughs> <laughs> and and in terms of how social media can be overwhelming and and um coming from a business owner perspective there's always so many things out there of you should do you know how to do your marketing how to do your branding doing x amount of posts and x amount of reels and you've got to do a carousel and you've got to be informative and you've you know you've got to give value and you've got to do this but actually if you look at it from your perspective as to what you know having that responsibility of the stories that you're putting out there the messages you're putting out there does that align with you you know Mm -hmm. so and I suppose this is probably a little bit convoluted. This is actually just my brain whirring now and coming out of my mouth. But <laughs> when, you know, when, when says people say you've got to do carousels and you've got to add value, my conditioned brain goes to, I've got to give somebody some tips for something. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got to tell you five ways to calm your anxiety or I've got to tell you three ways to sleep better. But actually what is adding value you know adding value could be me telling you about an experience that I've had and I think this is it and it's that it is a very transactional it's moving away from like a very transaction transactional view of content creation and messaging if I give you this you give me that 
I'll give you this, you'll give me a like, I'll give you this, you'll sign up to my email address. You know, it's that kind of thing where actually value is, value can be anything. Value can be a fresh perspective. It can be a relatable story. It can be an anecdote that makes you smile. It can be so many different things. It can be, it can be a million, yeah, so many different things. And yeah, there's a place for tips. There's a place for how-tos because sometimes actually that's what your audience needs in that moment. And I think especially with, your work five tips to help for example quieten your anxiety like that's a hugely valuable piece of insight and expertise to share but it could also be what happens when your anxiety is calmed what are the opportunities that are there what about a time when you you felt anxiety or you experienced those feelings of pressure and trappedness and and all the the crippling limiting beliefs that we that we've talked about what were your experiences of that how did you overcome it what are the what are the moments within those periods that shifted your perspective or enabled you to kind of not snap out of it because I know it's not that easy but you know what what were those moments where you learned something about yourself or were able to reflect on later and you know these are all because that's what makes the five tips relatable on a really human level and there's so much psychology around like this kind of thing and it's something I've been prepping a session for a group container that I've got at the moment and talking about kind of how to bring how to make things human and it can even come down to like the language you use that you can use the word happy or you can use the word smile you use the word happy everyone understands what happy is but if you use the word smile it's so visual everyone understands and can think about what it feels like when you smile and that's just a way of you're not telling someone you're almost showing them that's that's adding value there's a place for the masculine side of it like we do have to have strategies we do have to have process there needs to be a rigor to it like rigor is one of my values which kind of goes against <laughs> contradicts everything that I say but in the work that I do like in order to be able to be fluid and free and go deep be intuitive you have to be able to bring it back down to a structure that makes it useful at the end of it you have to have both but it's about having the freedom to think beyond like you say the conditioning and what we've been taught is valuable yeah because you know it isn't it isn't a one or the other approach is it you know it's not like I am I have feminine energy or I have masculine energy and that's that it's I suppose my take on it would be it's moving away from the conditioning because I feel I feel from my perspective especially in the world of business it is in, encumbered in masculine energy you know it's all hustle and it's getting shit done and it's moving forwards and it's making money and it's making those six-figure months <laughs> exactly exactly so uh, I think for me it's about figuring out where my like if, if, if we're talking about me it would be for me figuring out where my feminine energy is where I want it to be more where it's lacking you know where mm. I'm solely focusing on doing something from a masculine energy perspective but it doesn't feel right so how can you kind of incorporate the both to yeah work in a way that is right for you it's about balance I mean I fundamentally believe if the weighting and the the value that is placed on like the masculine energy was equal was equal to the feminine energy if that balance the world would be a much better place that I honestly feel like the root of all of our world's problems are on the devaluing and 
bit dismissiveness, dismissive. What's the word I'm looking for? Of femininity, like that, and that energy. If that balance was there, I honestly think our world would be would be would be fine. Would be on the road to healing and, and everything. But in ourselves, of course, we need to be both. It's not feminine energy isn't about being feminine it's not about being a girl or a woman in the same way that masculine energy is about being a man it's not gendered it's it's behavior and it's traits and one of the questions I always ask my clients in our in the Q&A that I send up before we even start together is which of these two statements refers to you and one is along the lines of are you a dreamer you spend lots of time kind of thinking and daydreaming and and, and sort of planning and visioning but never seem to get anything done or are you someone that just goes head down and into it and is super efficient but never has time to think about the big picture and often my clients fall into one or the other and often it's the dreamer and so part of what I have to do is kind of bring that balance in and say well it's all good but how do we take all these amazing confusing conflicting like inspiring elating visions and dreams that you have and actually put them into a process that's going to enable you to achieve them and map them out and it is you have to have both but I think in order to get both, you almost have to, to swim the pendulum much further in the other direction towards the feminine side of things so that it has a chance of balancing out. Because at the moment, it's for many people, it's very over here, very much over here, especially people who have come from a corporate background and have that kind of conditioning of what success looks like and what is required of success. It's about unlearning all of that, I think. <laughs> And then rewriting your own terms. That's brilliant. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Thank you for sharing all of that with us. It's, I mean, beyond fascinating. I absolutely love it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, do you want to just share with the listeners where they can find you? I know you mentioned earlier about a group um, cohort that you're launching. Yes. So, um, well, my business is Block and Rose. So I'm on a social media as Block and Rose. My website is www.blockandrose.com um by the time this airs it will be shiny and new which is exciting um, and yeah there are three ways to work with me so I have um as you mentioned the um the group offering which is um called the block it's a brand container and it, an intentionally intimate small group of women typically female founders coaches consultants who um are keen to do this work themselves but want to do so in a space that is accountable um and there's a real kind of almost like collective hive it's I want it to be it's it, it is a space I've got a cohort running at the moment the next one's in April but it's a space where we come together and almost co-create together so at the end of it you walk away with a fully French brand strategy and message, messaging and kind of content plan um, but you do it all with the support of a handful of other women who are in the same space as you. Um, I also do that on a one-to-one basis um, and I regularly run workshops um, and masterclasses um, teaching about feminine branding and rooting that all in universal truths about the power and responsibility of storytelling and how to unearth yours and also um, we haven't touched on this but I'm a massive word of mouth geek as well so I love to talk about the psychology that underpins organic word of mouth and the reasons why we actually talk and then how to fuel them. Wow. That sounds amazing. Thank you ever so much <laughs> for sharing that. Um, and thank you to everybody for listening. I will see you all on the next episode. 
Hi, and thanks for listening to this episode of Behind the Business Podcast, the personal development podcast for people in business. Remember to like and share with anybody who you think might find this interesting. If personal development is something that you are interested in, please head to my website, www.katiehumphreycoaching.com and see what packages I offer to support you with this. There is a range of packages from one-to-one coaching to joining my wonderful community membership. Please get in touch if you have any questions and I can't wait to speak to you soon.